0: about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. This is season six, episode one, Live Limitlessly with Althea Lawton Thompson. Be sure to go to NicoleWalker.net blog to check out Althea's bio and learn more about her and her business. Hi, Althea. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your journey and your insight
1: today. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me, and I can't wait to get into this.
0: You're welcome. All right. So can you tell us about your journey of just your background and how you got into the field and the business that you're doing today
1: and what you do. It's interesting because one kind of doesn't relate to the other, but uh, my background is actually in corporate finance, marketing, and human resources. I have a degree in business, but I currently own and run a corporate wellness company and host international wellness retreats. So um, in addition to that, I see clients in different um, groups uh, that, that where I specialize in people that might have debilitating diseases uh, or mental illness. Um, and then I work with different holistic healing elements to help them create wellness where dis-ease currently exists.
0: Okay. That's
1: awesome.
0: Now I heard you say dis-ease. Is it dis-ease or disease? Both. Nice. I like, that's so funny. I was talking about this word, like literally yesterday. That's how i like, I noticed that you said that. That's awesome. Okay. So you talked about being in corporate finance and now you're more into wellness. So can you tell us how you went from one to the other? Like how did that jump occur?
1: That's such a, a great question. Such a fun story. It started with a layoff actually in 1996. But the layoff was really a blessing. Even though it was scary in the beginning, the severance package that came with it really was the catalyst to allow me to finance and support my real dream, which was fitness. So even though I had been working in corporate America, I was still getting a certification in group exercise and personal training, and I was working my schedule, my business work schedule around my personal training and teaching schedule. So the layoff was really the universe just giving me a push and saying, do what you love, and here's the money to support that. Um, I started out as a personal trainer and aerobics instructor, and then I was invited by one of my clients to come on a television show with her, and that started a whole bunch of offers to come on different shows, including BET's um, health and wellness show, and then I ended up having my own TV show from that. So you just never really know how the different journeys of life will take you on certain paths.
0: I love that. I love that. Yes. Because I feel like, right, like initially a layoff could be a defeating moment. You feel like, oh my goodness, what was me? What am I supposed to do? But it actually turned out to be probably one of the biggest blessings in your
1: life, right? It absolutely has been. And the great part is I can still use that background in corporate to assist me in what I'm doing with the corporate wellness piece because now companies are realizing they need wellness for retention and productivity. And I have that background in human resources to be able to work on both sides of the coin.
0: That's amazing. I love how all the pieces, right? We never realize how all the pieces of our lives, whether they were good, bad, or in between, they're all instrumental in bringing us to the place we're supposed to be. I love it. I love those stories. For sure. Okay. So you talked about corporate finance, you talked about health and wellness, but what did you want to be when you grew
1: up? It's funny, you know. um, You know, when I hear people ask children that question, I always ask myself, "Did I have a desire to be something when I was little?" (laughs) And I don't think I did. But part of it is because uh, one of my parents, my father, was very entrepreneurial. He performed, he danced, he played instruments. He was one of the first Black people in tech working for IBM in the seventies. So I don't think I had a model of this is what you do. This is your role. This is your title. And you do that your whole life. It was always kind of modeled to me that you could do anything you wanted if you had an interest in it. So I don't think I grew up like, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Oh, I'm going to be a yoga lady. What was yoga?
0: (laughs) Yeah, back then no one
1: talked about yoga, right?
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks for that. So you shared about how your father's an entrepreneur, but just could you tell us a little bit more about your upbringing as a child and, you know, some of your experiences yeah. and how they shaped
1: your life? That's such a great question because that upbringing, I really believe and I know, has 100% to do with why I'm the way I am. Both of my parents were competitive distance runners from the time that I can remember. My mother ran half marathons, my father ran marathons, and he was the first black man on the cover of Runner's World in 1976. Uh-huh. So they did that well into their 40s. So all that I really grew up knowing was healthy eating, food preparation at home, growing your own herbs and, and um, you know juicing your fruits, supplements, massage, carb loading before a run, proteins for muscle, And when that's your upbringing, you don't know that there's another way to live. I didn't know that people weren't living that way until I was an adult, and people thought I was weird for running every day. Wow. Um, Because I didn't know that you weren't supposed to run every day. You know what I mean? If that's the way you grow up from six on, then you think that's how it should be. So I think that whole working in corporate America but really wanting to be in the gym or running at the beach that was something that i grew up with and that background has a huge impact on why i live holistically and healthy today
0: i love that that that's amazing and that is not common right i want to say you know i just learned about juicing when i was getting close to my 30s and i realized right. it was time to take care of myself right so right. i love that that is such a gem Okay. Well, can you tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are if, you know, that's not something you already discussed?
1: Yeah, I, um, I, I wrote a book called 20, the 20 most important lessons I learned in 20 years of entrepreneurship. And I really went in depth about um, the, uh, something that, that really shaped, I think, the way that I do what I do now. When I first started the corporate wellness business in 1998, officially, I had an assistant that worked for me in Maryland. I was living in Baltimore at the time, and she was my assistant helping me run multiple fitness centers in the D.C., Maryland area. Um, Once I had my children, my husband and I decided to relocate to Atlanta, and she continued running the fitness portion in D.C., Maryland. And then I started running it here in Atlanta and then decided to open a yoga studio. Well, I knew I couldn't run the yoga studio by myself, so I asked her, thinking she would say no, you know, she's born and raised in Maryland, (laughs) to come down to Atlanta. And that woman took an early retirement, 22 years with her job, sold her condo. Packed up left all her family and friends and came here to Atlanta and bought a house five minutes from my family and me and helped me open and run our yoga studio about two years in she was diagnosed with leukemia complete shock and two years after that she was gone that same year uh, I did decide to close the studio left the keys with one of the managers and took off to Kenya for a few weeks to mourn not only her loss, someone who'd been like a sister, but also the loss of my studio, which had become like another child for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I came back, it took a couple of years not only to reconcile existing without her, like just the other day, it's been eight years now, just the other day I picked up the phone to tell her something and I was like, okay, that's not the way we communicate anymore. But it, it took that much time to even pay off the debt of that studio, the build out. We opened in 2008. It was a financial crisis during that time. So we're talking about loss, financial disruption, Ego hitting rock bottom. How do you even tell someone? Oh, I failed at my business but those were the things that really opened my eyes to my tagline living life limitlessly. I would probably still be grinding in that studio trying to open another one if it weren't for something that monumental pushing me away. And opening my eyes to things that I probably wouldn't have done. You know, it, it was planning her estate and going through her will and what she wanted to do, and her saying at 47, knowing that she was going to die, I wish I had done this. I wish I had gone there. Gosh, I regret not saying this or doing that. And that's where Living Life Limitlessly came from. It came from those conversations with her and managing her estate for seven years, and realizing we better do everything that we've been blessed to do now. Don't wait until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's been the premise for my business, how I raise my kids, how I travel, everything since that time.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, wow. I heard so many things. I think it's amazing that someone was willing to relocate to come work with you. That speaks, was. Um, was powerful. that speaks so much to just who you are, you know, as a person that a person would be willing to give up their life and come. So that's amazing. You know, a tribute to you. And so sorry to hear that about her. And I think it's timely, especially with what just happened with Kobe Bryant and his exactly you know, and it's the truth, right? Like we're not promised tomorrow. So, you know, um, it's, it's unfortunate that things All like that have to happen. Out. All out. Yeah. To tell us, to, to remind us of this, right? Cause you know, sometimes we do get complacent and we think that, oh, I can wait. Oh, that's, you know, not a big deal, but not you never know.
1: It is not guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thanks for sharing that, and I'm glad you turned it around. You know, and and used it for something that empowered you and and helped you just to show up better, right? And to live limitless.ly I love that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, can you tell us what you would consider to be your strengths and your weaknesses? <laughs> what are you like, right? <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. Okay. Well, it's always easier, probably, to start with the strengths. Um, I I just think based on the the journey of parenthood and marriage and, you know, what I went through with my sister, um, I am really, really calm and patient and extremely rational in what would normally be a chaotic situation for other people, stressful situations. And I think it's also the meditation and yoga kind of plays a part with that, but for sure life experience makes that happen some people get um, a little freaked out by chaos but it actually makes me get even more grounded and tuned in and so i think that's really important for entrepreneurs because you never know what's going to happen as you run your business from day to day um, in terms of my my weakness uh, you know I I don't know if this is a weakness. Some people might consider it a benefit. But to me, as an entrepreneur, I think this is a weakness. I am not one to toot my own horn very much, to really tell people what I do, to promote my services or my products, to the point where I have to hire people to be my marketing, my PR, um, to write certain things about me. Um, and, and I, I do see that as, as a weakness as an entrepreneur and I am working on it daily, but I find that it is easier for me to just pay someone else to toot my horn for me.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, I love that I had on one of my vision boards, calm is a superpower. So it sounds like you've mastered it that. Superpower, right? And that, and that is essential for being an entrepreneur, right? Cause they said, um, entrepreneurship is one of the most stressful things
1: to do. It certainly is. Yeah,
0: that's that's amazing. And I do agree with you that, you know, not being so, um, I'm thinking of boastful for um, lack of a better term, but I can see how you say as an entrepreneur, that's a weakness because you do have to toot your own horn for people to know who you are and what you do, you know, on a, positive side, that's being more of a humble person. So I can see how you say some people don't see it as a weakness, right? Um, but I love what you said about how you realize this is who you are. So you hired somebody to help you, right? Because we all have weaknesses. So it's like, okay, I'm not good at this. How can I make sure that I do this still? Exactly. Yeah. So that's the because
1: it's necessary. It's necessary. If, we, if yeah. we're not talking about our services and products and what makes us better than someone else or why someone should choose us, then I, I think we're already kind of behind the eight ball as a business owner, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, all right. So can you tell us what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally, whichever, both, whichever one? Yeah,
1: um, so my, my foundation, of course, is corporate wellness, but it's, it's with a, a focus on holistic wellness. So I just started in um, September, so I guess about five months now, exploring more about plant medicines. Okay. And I'm now in a training course with a shaman from South America. Okay. Um, so this person is very well versed in all types of plant medicine, herbology, um, flower essences, and it's really wonderful to be a student um, and and really be learning with book knowledge and writing things down, but then also experientially and seeing how do these things really affect our body. But what I find so amazing is these are things that if I think back, my grandmother was doing this. I had the blessing of knowing all four of my great grandmothers, these are things that they were doing and they knew, you know, they would pick a root and boil it and mash it up and then rub it on your body. You know, if you had a cold or a bruise or something. So it's really cool to learn something that I think is ancestral.
0: Yes, I love that. And I love how it seems like a lot of things for you came full circle, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. You don't know it when you're younger, but it does make sense later in life.
0: That's amazing. That's awesome. Okay, so how do you stay full? Like, ensure you're staying full, ensure you're showing up. I mean, I know you mentioned meditation and yoga, um, but, you know, is that how, or do you want to go
1: into, you know, a little more detail? You know, I think the meditation is one piece of it. I'll be honest. I, the only reason I do yoga is to teach a class, okay. the, the way that Americans think of yoga, which is physically doing something on a mat. Um, but to tell you the truth, I think sleep is probably <laughs> the most important thing that anybody can do. And I love to sleep. I can sleep. Anywhere. When <laughs> people say they have insomnia, I really feel sorry for them. Let's <laughs> to work together. Let me help you sleep the way I sleep. Yes. Um, and I get my full like seven hours. Eight mm-hmm. hours is too much for me. Six to seven is perfect.
0: Okay. And
1: I'm falling asleep between 10 30, 11, 10 o'clock. Like I got to shut it down. Yeah. And yeah. then I wake up naturally in the morning. I don't do alarm clocks. I, I think that's disruptive to. Our, our processes and the things that happen when we're asleep. Um, and when I do wake up, it's very early. So naturally I get up around five in the morning uh, and immediately it's, it's silence, it's meditation. And if it's not meditation, which for me is not thinking about anything, mm-hmm. it's being completely restful, but awake, okay. then it is reflection. And it's kind of thinking about what am I going to do today? How am I going to do it? How am I going to show up? Um, and then the last thing I do is I fast every day until one o'clock, a water fast. So I don't eat in the morning. And there was originally a reason for that because um, I teach lunchtime yoga through corporate wellness. You should not eat before you teach a yoga or Pilates class. Okay. So it started off as a necessity to teach but now it's just habit. So I don't eat anything in the morning, which kind of keeps you fresh and alert. I don't know if people are aware of that, but once you put the food in, it changes your blood sugar. And so your body's natural processes change to digestion. So it works really well for me to water fast every morning until about one.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, It's so funny. Like I've recently changed my habits and my schedule. So I fall asleep around 10 30 11 and I do wake up automatically at five o'clock. Like I have my alarm set, but I tend to wake up around five and I'm like, okay, thanks.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. And if more people went to sleep rather than like watching TV on social media, YouTube, whatever it is that they're doing, they would find they don't need an alarm clock in the morning. It's because we're filling up those nighttime hours, Mm. like one in the morning or something.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And you uh, went into, oh, well, I want to touch on a point though. And I do, like I used to do, I caught myself doing intermittent fasting for a while where I wouldn't eat until Mm -hmm. about 12 o'clock and, you know, at eight o'clock but i do agree with you that once i eat like i literally feel myself getting tired like it's like an instant you know it, it just comes down instantly. the way we're so built amazing, that i've yeah. i've gotten away from the intermittent fasting but i think you just inspired me to to start that back up because you know you do want to be as sharp and as crisp as you can in the morning to get as much as you need to get done right but we don't realize that the choices we make, especially with food, have a direct impact on our mood, on our ability to perform. 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. Okay. So I think you kind of answered this next question, but I'll ask it anyway, in case you want to add anything, but the next one was about your morning routine. So you did talk
1: about how you, you know,
0: meditate, quiet, and yeah. Okay.
1: The only thing I would add to that is I like to journal. Yeah. Because, uh, for people that dream or you, you download messages, like as you're waking up, it's really important to me to kind of get that out in writing because I do forget it later on in the day. And we download some great messages in our sleep and in those waking hours. So that's the only thing I would add. Okay. Thanks for that. That is awesome.
0: Yeah. I found that um, sometimes I would keep like a notepad right next to my bed, right? Because if I even get out the bed, you'll forget just like that, but Then Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. Okay. Cause so can you tell us about the last book you read and what it was
1: about? Uh, Okay. So there's one that I'm reading now and there's one that I just finished. And the reason I laughed is because the one that I just finished, unless someone's read it, it doesn't make sense that it would be such an awesome read. And I can't remember the exact name, but it's Dapper Dan's memoirs, you know, Dapper Dan, the, the fashion designer. Yeah. No. From, from Harlem. Oh okay. God, it's such a fabulous read. But as an entrepreneur, as a creative person, he is someone that everybody should read his memoirs. Okay. He just talks about um, growing up in New York and Harlem during the 40s and the 50s and the impact that he had on hip-hop and that culture. So it was just fascinating to read his story. And I have a lot of family in New York, in the Bronx and in Harlem, so it was, it, I could see like some of those uh, congruent stories. But the story that I'm reading now is called Of Spirit and Water. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but that is just an amazing book. Let me just, hold on a second, I've got it. Um, it, so it's not just called Of Spirit and Water. It's Of Spirit and Water, Ritual, Magic, and Initiation in the Life of an African Shaman. That's by Miladoma Some. Um, And that book has been amazing in terms of kind of talking about how Dutch and British colonialism had okay. such an impact with Christianity on a- traditional African rituals and in reading this, again, thinking back to like my grandmother, my great grandmothers, how much did not change despite, you know, the impact of slavery and colonialism on people of color. But it, it's been a really fascinating read. Okay, thanks for that.
0: I love what you said as far as like, how much did not change? Because I think now, you know, a lot of people are saying like, oh, this isn't who we are, you know, but I like the point that you said, like a lot of it didn't change, Right.
1: Yeah. It's who we've always been. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that.
0: Okay. So do you use personal affirmations? And if so, can you share one? of your- I do.
1: Yeah. The, I think the, the biggest one is I am living my life limitlessly. Okay. Just period. And yeah. in every aspect of, of life.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is a great reminder to like, um, and I know it's, cliche, right? Like Nike, like, just do it. Like uh, when I say that's timeless, it's like timeless and it's so appropriate
1: in almost any circumstance. So for sure. And that's one of the hashtags I use a lot too. just do it. Let's go and living life limitlessly. I love it. Okay.
0: So do you believe in the value of higher education and or training? And can you tell us why or why not?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, the the quick answer is yes, but okay. yes, but I think that real life experience is probably, if you had to put them on a scale, more important than um, traditional higher education and formal training. However, each Is benefited by the other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm Yes. Some people have some really great street sense and common sense. I mean, when we look at some of our uh, biggest companies, most successful company occasions, but um, in themselves. Something to be said for formal education and training, but if that real life common sense, learn some things by falling down and getting up doesn't exist, I'm not sure. That's I'll tell you that. Maybe working for someone, yeah, but not as an entrepreneur. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> One second. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay. So can you tell us about the toughest struggle you have had to overcome and how you overcame?
1: You know, I, I would say, you know, overcoming that situation with my sister in the studio, but that, that actually wasn't the toughest. The, the toughest was deciding between being a stay at home mom or expanding my business. Oh. When uh, I had my first son, life just seemed so simple with one baby. When people have one kid and they're acting like the world has ended, I just don't understand. (laughs) Have two, three or four, and then come back and talk to me. Uh, But after the first one, I thought, you know, I can keep doing this. I was able to take him with me everywhere. When I made my first fitness video, uh, the promoters of the video sent it to Europe. And it blew up in Belgium and Spain and Europe. And the promoters wanted to do a European tour with all of their fitness uh, video stars at the same time. And I was pregnant when I made the first video with my second son. So by the time the video was out, the promotions were done and the tour was ready, I was nursing a newborn and I had a toddler. And I had a decision to make right then and there. Do I want to go and blow up and be a fitness star? Or do I want to raise my sons myself without a nanny, without dragging them all over the world? Um, And I chose my kids. Good for you. I chose my kids. And when people ask about regrets, it's not really a regret, but it's a wonder what if. I do wonder what would have happened if I could have gone to Europe with everyone else and been the only female of color on that tour. Um, You know, like, who could I have been? But now I'm looking at two men, Mm -hmm. 21 and 18, who are so phenomenal. Yeah. And I know I made the right choice and I'm still able to do my business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks for that. I love that. And, um, I don't know what hit my spirit as I was listening to you was like, it just kind of sounds like a, maybe a dream deferred,
1: right? Because that, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, was and, and, but, and you know, let me add one thing to that. Also, I wanted to travel so bad Um, And I thought I would have to wait till they grew up. But my husband and I made conscious decisions to travel with our boys. It was no big deal to take someone out of school. If, you know, my older son plays soccer even now um, and went to college playing soccer. When he wanted to go to World Cup in South Africa, we found a way to make it work. And so, you know, my younger son had been to eight countries before he was eight years old. That was important. Would it have been nice to go as a solo trip or with my girlfriends or just my husband? Absolutely, don't get it twisted. But it is amazing to see other cultures and other places through the eyes of a child. And I would not trade that for anything. And now I'm able to do it as a mature woman uh, versus the young woman that I was then.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, I admire your decision, right? Because a lot of people, well, I won't say a lot of people, I don't know, you know, necessarily what people choose, but those years, you can't ever get those years back.
1: You cannot get them back,
0: you know, and and the the bonds that you create with them, you know, like they're irreplaceable and they're priceless. So, so kudos for making that decision. Yeah. I love it. All right. So can you tell us about an aha moment you had lately and how it maybe changed something that you thought or did?
1: Yeah, you know, I have really, really realized how much technology has made it possible for me to work from anywhere. And let me also say, I'm 49. I'll be 50 this year. So there there is definitely a technology gap when we look generationally at different age groups. So for me, that was an aha moment. For some of your younger listeners and viewers, they're gonna be like, what is she talking about? Of course, technology helps you (laughs) do that from everywhere. But you know, as a 50 year old woman, it's more of an aha moment for me. Um, And I have really, really embraced growing my business and expanding my business globally through technology. And in using technology in a positive way. So that's been big for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And um, I mean, I can agree with you that. Well, first of all, you look amazing. Let me just oh, say that. <laughs> let's let's just stop here, right? Um, but I agree with you, right? Because I feel like the dig- they call it digital nomad, right? So the mm-hmm, digital lifestyle is not, as far as I know anyway, and I may be, you know, behind the curve as well,
1: but it's fairly new. I would say. And it's very real. Not only is it new, but it's real. And, and so you hit on something here. When we say it's fairly new, it's new maybe to people of color. But okay. I think Caucasian males, yes. that's something that they've been doing for maybe a decade, okay. uh, 15 years, where it's it's almost like a newer concept for us and for sure something that younger people um, do. And when I say younger, I'm thinking of people like between 21 and 30. Okay. Because that's, you know, who did it when we look at like the travel noirs of the world, I remember when travel noir came out and they were like, Oh, our audience is 30, 35 and under. And I'm like, what, what about me? (laughs) I'm a traveler, you know, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. But that's that group that gets being a digital nomad. My age group, that's not something that a lot of my peers are doing. And so when I find myself in Thailand, getting ready to meet with a client on you know, Zoom or a WhatsApp video, I'm the only person my age in the coworking space wow. in Chiang Mai. Everybody else is younger. Okay. So um, I, if there's anybody listening to this that is over the age of 45, please step outside of your box of what your norm is and embrace technology so you can be more of who you really are. We like we don't that. have to stay right here where we are. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And you may have led into the next question, <laughs> but, um, do you have any, do you have any leadership principles or practices to share?
1: Um, yeah, uh, this is a big one um i i think for for our peer group always show up early mm. my younger son always says on time is late yeah. early is on time i heard that before yep and and he is absolutely correct he can't stand to be late and neither can his mom yeah. always show up prepared mm. um even if something happens and you have to be late be so prepared that everyone forgets okay um and and the last one I think is always go above and beyond. Mm. It is not enough to be enough.
0: Yes.
1: And, and I think all of us have the ability to do something special and unique with our gifts and talents. So I think we should showcase that and go above what's expected.
0: Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Those are definitely great tips. Um, yeah, I love that. Okay. So do you feel that you found your purpose or are you still searching?
1: I definitely have found my purpose, but when I found that purpose, I don't think I was open to accepting it. Okay. Kind of like when um, pastors say they're called, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have been called to do holistic health and wellness and lifestyles for women of color. Mm-hmm. And when, I received that calling. I don't think I was willing necessarily to do it because I was afraid of what people would think and what they would say. And that it, some of it, you know, um, again, I got to go back to the age group thing and religion and church somehow kind of plays a part in the holistic wellness space. Um, So I was kind of navigating how to bring in some healthy living things and teaching people and having people step outside of their box to live limitlessly and explore. Um, but now that, you know, I have done it and, and trusted the messages that I received and the calling that I received, it 100% was what I was supposed to do. I am supposed to be helping people live limitlessly and explore the world and learn about our bodies and reconnect to nature for sure.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I love your, just your transparency, you know, cause I think a lot of people may come into contact or discover their purpose, but you brought up a good point. Like when you figure it out, are you open to it? Are you ready for yeah. it? Are you willing to take that leap or that plunge or that take on the challenge, you know, that it might bring? So thanks for that. Okay. Can you share a recommended resource with us and tell us how you utilize it?
1: <laughs> it's, it's YouTube. Okay. It's YouTube. <laughs> yes, but, I, yes. <laughs> because I, as I said to you, technology has been a huge friend for me, but I'm going to tell you how um, it came to be a, a regular resource for me. I love video and photography. Okay. love video and photography. And I like doing my own videos, post-producing them and editing them. And I have had iMovie on my iPhone and my, all my Macs for however long iMovie has existed and just did not really know how to maneuver it. It, it was not as intuitive me as maybe some of the other apps that came out, like um, GoPro's quick app and things like that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and finally I did, I saw a, a video of a friend, another entrepreneur and I was like, how did you, you do this, this, and this? And he said, Oh yeah, I'm using iMovie. And so I went back to my iMovie, pulled it up, and I was like, I do not understand this thing. And I went to YouTube and found some little 20-year-old girl, and she's like, hey, you want to know how to use um, iMovie? Let me show you. And it, it was like 15 minutes, and I was like, okay. Once I got past the Valley Girl accent and all the flashing things happening on the screen, I was like, oh, snap, this girl is brilliant, and I got it. Yeah. So YouTube is definitely my go-to resource for just helping with with small things, you know. But usually technology.
0: Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. Right? Because I recall one time when I was at my first house, I actually turned into a plumber thanks to YouTube and ended up and fixing your a in my shower. So I that's could, right. Yes. Anything you need to know.
1: You're pretty sure much. Going to caulk something in a heartbeat, won't well, it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thanks for that. Okay, so can you share your favorite quote with us?
1: Confidence is the sexiest thing a woman can wear. Yes, yes, I heard that before. Confidence yeah. is the sexiest thing a woman can wear. Yes.
0: Agreed. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um pretty much at the end of, you know, the well, I mean, all of it was pretty much who are you and how do we know you better, right? So this for me is more fun facts, right? Cause okay, I,
1: okay, I'm ready. Let's play. Yes.
0: <laughs> I love travel and you already mentioned about travel. So I'm super okay. excited for you to answer these questions. Okay. Um so there's three questions. I would love to know your last vacation, uh-huh. your favorite vacation spot, and your next vacation spot.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So the first one was my last vacation. Yep. Um, my last vacation was Ghana. I went for the 400 year of return and I took three generations. So it was my mother, my husband and me and our two sons. And we um, stayed for 10 days and it was really, really meaningful. Very special. Awesome. Awesome. That
0: way, before you go into the next, how is it? How's Ghana?
1: Ghana was really lovely. And, and I'll tell you, I've, I've been to South Africa and Kenya as well, um, and been to South Africa a couple of times. So when I went to Ghana, I couldn't help but do a little bit of a comparison to okay. East Africa and South Africa. And it was different. It was okay. unique. Okay. Um, but I, I think it, it was interesting in that so many Americans were there for the year of return. Yep. And because Afrochella was happening during New Year's while we were there, a lot of Nigerians were there and South Africans and Kenyans and Ethiopians. So um, I think I need to go back when something's not happening so I can really absorb all of it and not be managing my mom and my kids at the same time. Understood. Understood. Yeah. but But it was magical. It was powerful. And so I'm glad I was there for that as well.
0: Awesome. Okay. So then the next one was your favorite vacation spot.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I don't have one. I don't have one. I just love traveling. Okay. I I love the uniqueness of of every country. So I don't really have a favorite vacation place. As long as it's got some water and it's got some mountains, it's all good.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. And then you asked
1: me, where am I going next? Okay. The, the blessing in my business and hosting um, these international retreats is that vacation and work are kind of one and the same for me. Okay. And hosting retreats doesn't feel like work. It's kind of what I would do if I were on vacation with friends. So my next retreat is probably my next vacation as well. So I'll be in Costa Rica in July for my fourth Costa Rica healing retreat. And then when that retreat is over, I'll probably stay for a week in the rainforest and just do some personal healing and relaxation.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So that sounds like you're going to be in like the central
1: or Southern part of Costa Rica, right? Because the... Yeah, I do the Pacific coast. So okay. I will be kind of Southwest.
0: Okay. Yeah, I went there like almost, it's been two years. Oh my goodness, it's about to be two years. But I was on the northern coast because uh, we took a bus ride over into Nicaragua. So oh, like, oh, awesome. Right?
1: So yeah, you were far north and maybe a little yeah. bit over there on the east. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I want to go back just for, because I didn't experience the rainforest. I'm like, I, I feel like. You
1: have to do the rainforest. I know, I
0: feel like I did myself a disservice. So I have, I have to go back.
1: <laughs> it's a whole different little world out there.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, thanks for that. All right, so we are going to get ready to wrap it up. But before we do, do you have any events or any products that the listeners can benefit um, from that you want to talk about?
1: Yes, and I appreciate you so much for asking that and allowing me the opportunity to share. I have three retreats coming up. The first one is in June, just a few months away. We'll be right here in Georgia, in the North Georgia Mountains, um, June 26th to the 28th for our 10th annual healing retreat. And then, like I said, in July, the 14th to the 19th, we'll be in Costa Rica for that healing retreat. And then in um, July of 2021, this is next year, um, I will be hosting the Qatar-Bali nine-day retreat. Uh Um, And I purposely pushed it back to 2021, because when I did it this past year, people said, oh, I wish i had had a payment plan. I needed more time to make that happen. Okay. So now I'm giving people a whole year to get their life, their schedule, and their money together. Yeah, yeah. So we can all get on Qatar Air and head out to Qatar first and then to Bali.
0: I love that. I'm going to have to look into one of these because I'm definitely... I am so on a path of healing right now. You know, mind, body, spirit, just really ridding some of these, you know, generational curses, childhood traumas, you know, all that stuff. So I really love what you're doing. Uh, I love travel. So I'm definitely going to look into it.
1: Oh, wonderful. We want you to come. You've got to come with us. It's just a group of lovely sisters exploring and laughing and dancing and healing and you are absolutely welcome to be with us.
0: Yes, thank you so much. Okay, well, Althea, thank you again. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you, to learn about your background, learn about your experiences, to get some of your insight. I definitely appreciate how open and willing you have been to share with us here on She Leads Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you to the She Leads audience for listening. I appreciate you. You're
0: welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to go to our Facebook page at She Leads Podcast and like and follow. Also subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. We love to hear what you felt about today's episode. You can leave us a comment on Facebook under the post for Season 6, Episode 1. Thanks. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.